Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. So enjoy, have a great time, and on with the show. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Reach 60? That's uh, time for retirement. Wow. We're almost at syndication level. Pretty good stuff. (laughs) And it's been a smooth ride the whole way. Welcome to the Jan Dan Podcast, episode 60. Yeah, once you get to 100 episodes, you're syndicated for life. That's it. It's the old uh, 1090 deal. You do 10 episodes renewed for 90. I give up. 100 episodes. (laughs) All right, so only 40 more to go, and then we Perfect. can retire. And it's over. What would you do with yourself if you retired? You you would be lost. You'd be so antsy. I'd be antsy in my pantsy. Yeah, like you would. You couldn't retire. No, I probably couldn't. What? That's a nice-looking laptop you have there. Is that something <laughs> that was created by Steve Jobs himself? Again, the Fox Corporation is doing pretty good, right? Yeah. Wow. These are the computers yeah, they gave us. So. The first laptops ever created. That'll make Jay and Dan happier. That's garbage. And then they were giving us, uh, they were giving us, like, what Microsoft Surfaces, and we had them. They were pretty, pretty nice, actually. And then they took them. They were like, oh, these, we've got to take these away. There's something wrong with them. They're like, well, okay. Jason from IT brought it. Here's your gone. new Microsoft uh, uh, Surface. Have fun with it. He dropped it off. I'm like, oh, can you just wait here while I log in? I log in. I'm like, it's not working. He's like, oh, okay. Took it. I've never seen it again. Yeah, no gone. wonder you guys are always so busy on the computer. Yeah, it's it's long gone. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, this podcast is brought to you by our TV show, Fox Sports Live. Hey! Weeknights, 11 Eastern, Fox Sports 1. And I got to tell you, Dan, and I think I touched on this last week, our show is back. It's back to the old show we used to do. It's humming. It's really going well right now. Um, yesterday's show was, I think, the best show we've ever done. And you struggled off the top. Having said that, you did struggle off the top a little bit. In fact, I think we have a little bit of a clip uh, just identifying just how much you struggled to get into the show. Let's listen. Yeah, this is Fox Sports Live. I'm the Dan. That's the Jay. Uh, (laughs) Plenty of highlights coming up, but an impressive matchup. Between uh, we have the West leader, well, West and East. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dan. What I wanted to say was a potential finals preview, it, but it, I couldn't put, stick out those easy words. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you can hear the crew. Stick out the. Stick, stick out, out those, those easy, easy words. words. Can we hear that one more time? I love that. That's yeah. so good. I couldn't. But I couldn't put, stick out those easy words. I was trying to bail you out there. Various Dan points. I'm glad you left me out to hang. I was we trying to bail you out, and you just kept going. But I couldn't put, stick out those easy words. It's 96.9. <laughs> Not much has changed. Hey, big developments. Uh, mentioned last week, I was going for my allergy test because my, my nose is always dripping. Well, we were all waiting for this. So uh, you, you go to the allergy doctor, and they, like, put these pricks into your arm. <laughs> well, you had sex, buddy. <laughs> And then they uh, figure out if you're uh, allergic to like Russian weed or whatever. Not like marijuana. Russian weed. There's Um, like ragweed and all that. Uh, You're not allergic to any weed. uh, I'm allergic to dust mites. (laughs) Uh, So dust mites. And um, they gave me this pamphlet, and I was uh, a former podcast guest. I was 
very relieved to see that he was on the cover. Brad Kozlowski, a nasal allergy model. <laughs> okay, are, is that actually snot dripping out of his nose? Yeah, he's got he's got allergies. She's very concerned. <laughs> Wait, but yeah. he's just literally dripping out. She's just like, Ugh. delicious. That's this awful. is had some fun with this. This woman here inside, she's terrified of the cat. He won't get rid of the cat. It's right. his cat. Hey, he loves that cat. <laughs> loves that goddamn cat. Rather get rid of the woman than the cat. Fox Sports Live, 11 Eastern, Fox Sports 1. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the rebound after I found out that uh, I'm allergic to those little bastards. So how do you cure? Uh, what do you do? How do you treat it? You just uh, do nothing. You don't leave the house? They, I said, well. But uh, there's dust mites in the house. I, that's what I said. I said, are do I have to do something in my house? They're like, they're everywhere. So you just, uh, so you're f- Ooh, I see things aren't going well in L.A. for you. <laughs> they really aren't. <laughs> they really aren't going well. Patrick, by the way, we almost missed him this week because he was uh, speaking at a large uh, university for broadcasting, talking about Twitter wars. Is that what was going on, Pat? <laughs> yeah, Patrick, a lot of people were posting pictures with you after you gave your presentation. Rousing speech about social media and our, our current day and age. I made so much of it. I was like, so here's Jay and Dan. And, but it's a, it was Bethany Lutheran College. Um, and uh, this is a real school? There are so many Lutheran sluts at that college. <laughs> That's good. That's what I heard. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> so- so I specifically referenced, I was like, and you guys at some other point should go check out their podcast because it's amazing, but I cannot play any of it here. So. <laughs> the Lutherans wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> so, but it was well received. What And what was the Twitter? Because I saw your picture and it said Twitter. I won the Twitter. Oh, board. that was just, I was just talking about them, like, obviously because they don't have a huge following for a small school. I was like, you know, try to reach a bigger audience. So it was just back to the week before launch, like the back and forth with Bill Simmons. Um, just with Fox Sports Live, right? Just making like cracking jokes at him, and he shared our one of our tweets. So, and then and then it all took off, and that's why we're number one today. We're number one, right? We are number one of Fox Sports highlight shows. We are we're number the, one. We're number one. We're we the best. Number one. one. Yep, we are kicking ass. Uh, speaking of kicking ass, Katie Nolan's show did very well on yeah, Sunday. Katie Nolan garbage yep. time, and actually. Nolan. For our Canadian so listeners, awesome. uh, which is the majority of our listeners to this podcast, you can catch it online. That's right. The can, entire show. Unlike online. our show, which mm-hmm. you can't see online. Because of highlights and restrictions. Yeah. So with Katie's show, I actually just, I think I can say this. This won't come out till tomorrow anyway. So uh, total viewership, because they're counting this because it's a very a strong digital push. Right. Uh, 563,000 views for the first what? episode. That's, That's great. That's awesome. That's we fantastic. knew it would be a hit. Yeah. We knew it would do Again, well. All because of the podcast, probably. Yeah, I would exactly. imagine that that's the main reason that many people checked it out. Uh, so you were in the uh, the great land of Canada past weekend. Yeah, I was there for a, I went to a wedding up uh, at the <laughs> a place called the Manor, uh, north of Vaughan, near King, near King, near Schomburg, I think, near Aurora, where Duthy lives and Duchy lives. Uh, it was an amazing, uh, beautiful facility, and and I, I the next day. Oh, uh, we had our wedding shower, which is now a, just a big piss up. Like it's not just the girls. Yeah, because the kids aren't there. No, There's the kids, no kids are. The kids were all there. Oh, so I mean your kids. own child though. Oh no, but we had. But you, you know, didn't the wedding shower used to be like the girls would sit around and be like, oh, that's 
beautiful. What yeah. an adorable onesie. <laughs> but now it's just a big piss-up. So we had a Canadian-themed wedding shower. We had pea meal bacon. We had poutine. We had Montreal smoked meat. We had Montreal bagels. Do you mean baby we shower? Had... Yeah. You said wedding shower. Oh, did I say wedding shower? Yeah, baby shower. We had uh, we had uh, tortier. We had uh, we had a Caesar station. We had a Caesar wow. station. So people could just get pissed, and it was a great time. But the manor up in Schaumburg, I said... At the baby shower, I said to a friend of mine, I said to this friend of mine, Greg, I said, uh, we went to a wedding at the Manor last night. He's like, the Manor? That's a f***ing strip club in Guelph. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I think it was a different Manor. It's like, uh, Apparently, it's well known. Uh, and uh, what was the most unique present you got? Great question. Oh, okay, this is a good one. Um, my friend Chris Sato, because he knows I like vi- my vinyl records, so he found on eBay a dude who's like a big collector, and he had all these amazing, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of creepy. He had all these amazing <laughs> Canadian, like, kids' records, like LPs of kids' records. So, like, Raffi and Sharon Lois you and sure cute, kid. And uh, he had Fred col- Penner. Fred Penner. He had collected them. So he, he, they sought him out on eBay, went to this guy's house. He said he had thousands of records. But he said he was living alone. And he had a lot of kids' records. Come on, it'll be fun. <laughs> How was the cat situation? Did he have cats? No, uh, well, not sure. But uh, but anyway, it was a great time. And I didn't masturbate once on the flight there or back and didn't hit the rail once. So I think I'm slowly there I'm you go. You're, being cured. You're maturing. Yeah, I'm maturing. Uh, I'm coming, baby. <laughs> speaking of records, my wife also uh, went back to Canada, and uh, I don't know if she went with you or not. Um I would never say if she had. <laughs> I would never tell you. So uh, I had the kids uh, to myself, and um, uh, they were alive when she left, and they're alive when she got back, so I won. That's all that matters, isn't it? And uh, when she got back, uh, my youngest, Ruby, was walking around the house uh, singing, Mama, don't let your babies. So she was uh, singing uh, some Whalen and uh, Willie. My wife said, I can tell you hang out with your dad all weekend. Yeah. The other <laughs> way you can tell, she's now an alcoholic. <laughs> We have a we have a pool situation to report on too. Stayed by Legoland. Oh, I thought you were talking about your own hot tub. No, maybe you dropped a deuce in there finally. So uh, my Just oldest Sydney, up. she went into the hot tub and then she got out and she's like, "Smells like uh, someone puked." I'm like, "Ah, it's just in your head." She goes, "No, I think." And then I smelt her arm that was in the hot tub. It smelled like vomit. <sighs> So uh, I, I mentioned to the, the manager, I said, you kind of need to clean your hot tub. She goes, what's wrong with it? And I looked at it. I said, she said, what hot tub was it? I said, well, it was the one where someone has carved their initials into the mold on the side of it. Uh, and she said, I, I apologize. And uh, you can have free room service. So, oh, I thought you were going to say that she, she would have then told you that that was the hot tub everyone is allowed to puke in. <laughs> I've oh, I'm never... sorry, sir. You took a dip in the in the vomit tub. I've never <laughs> been in a hot tub where it smelled like vomit. It smelled distinctly like vomit. That's really strange. So you think that someone had vomited in there, no, I just and then think... it had dissipated enough that it, it was one of those ones at a hotel where you turn the jets on and it's all bubbles. You maybe want to pony up for a better hotel. It was a nice hotel. It was the Park Hyatt. Oh, yeah, that I is thought... a nice hotel. I thought, hey, we're gonna have clean water. You really struggle with pools, don't you? I do. I'm very particular. I, I just don't want vomit, and I, I don't want uh, fecal matter. Old man I actually don't think that's too much to ask. I really don't. Uh, before I book my hotel, can you clear up a couple of things about your pool? Uh, we have a couple of uh, we have a couple of, t- of tweets from uh, listeners. 
uh, and uh, we thought, you know, rather than me read the tweets, that we would try to make this a little more entertaining and see if Mike could read the tweets. Mm. In a, I don't know. In a new, uh, a new segment on our podcast, which is called. It's time to read with Mike. You can do it, Mike. <laughs> Seriously, you're gonna let him f- read? Very well done. I like that. Production yeah, quality that was, was really strong. Really good. <laughs> Here it goes. This is from at Jim Ashley. This music's pretty great. Got to admit that too. At Jim Ashley, WVU. Pat hasn't taken a lot of guff lately. It's all been thrown at Micklehouse. That's true. That's me. I would. My answer to that would be though that Pat, I feel like took a lot at the beginning, and now Pat's really he's stepping up, and Pat's practically our boss now. Is Pat running this whole operation? He's running Fox Sports Live. I feel like he is. So that's why. So you're saying it's going to get better for me? <laughs> I no. doubt it. No. And plus, you really f***ed <laughs> up on that other studio. So well, I, just, I just steered clear of that. We're that's making it better. Yeah. We're still working on it. That's yeah, right. So sure you're almost are. out of the weeds. Yeah. You're sure. almost out. Sure uh, you are. Oh. Okay, next All right, question. Moving on. <laughs> All right, this one's from at GOVA52. We have a similar garbage time show in Canada. It's called Leaf Hockey. Boom! Boom! But ours really is garbage. Yeah, sorry, oh, Leafs fans. Leafs. The Leafs uh, eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> Can you... I mean, again, I know we have a lot of Leaf listeners. I love Graham Dillette. Totally, totally <laughs> trying to bait all the Leaf fans on Twitter. It's so much. It's so much fun. But can you imagine if the Leafs don't end up with any of the top three picks? Forget about McDavid or Eichel, but that there's a defenseman who's going to be picked at number three whose name escapes me now. It's also sensational. Say they could just get four. So all this garbage they've gone through for nothing. <laughs> you really need to tank it now. And Nazem Kadri just got suspended uh, for four games, and I, I clicked on tsn.ca that day, and the headline was, Kadri, not happy with suspension. <laughs> so long, my time here is up. Ah, uh, the obvious. Okay, and finally, right, one Mike, yeah. one more. At Kev Murray 10, just broke up with my girlfriend. Any advice on places to go with the mates where it's guaranteed to be a good time? Hashtag toolsy. Where does this person live? I don't think it matters. Yeah, doesn't mm. matter. I feel like it me. does. Hit the road with the guys. I think you want to go straight to the rail if you can. If you're anywhere near Toronto. What you do, you get a cat. Get yourself a kitty, and then find a girl who's allergic to the kitty, and be like, "Get the f- out of my house! I've got a cat." That brings me. Up, that brings up something. You know those? Uh, there's that the cat again. You know those commercials with the the guys snoring. The, the, oh the thing yeah, you, the thing you put in the mouth the guard. You yeah, put the, in your mouth? The, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why does the guy always have to go to the couch? That's just a traditional, long-standing thing that if a man snores, he goes to the couch. Or if a man gets in trouble, he goes to the couch. Not fair. Not fair. Well, that's, not, that's not, that's not promoting rights. equality. I, I have to agree with you on that. That's it, not promoting Because that commercial anymore. always starts with the guy is so pissed off, and then he's like punching his pillow as he puts <laughs> it on the couch. He's like, f*** her. F*** that that Where's my cat? Where's my f-ing cat? Makes me f-ing put a thing in my mouth that makes me look like I have a big f-ing mouth full yeah, of 
It doesn't look comfortable because it like unlocks your jaw. Yeah, no, it looks like he's got like a giant like a mouth guard. Like he's about to go do twelve rounds with Holyfield. <laughs> and oh, okay, good night, honey. Good night. This is great. <laughs> good night. Yeah, and I'd be on that couch. Gar- I'd put. I'd replace the couch with a bed in the living room. If that's where we're gonna be every night. How about this film, Dan? Vampire Sisters Two. Bats in the belly. (laughs) (laughs) So explain these. So again, these are the one sheets we got from my friend Ian uh, for films. This is the last film festival in Santa Monica, the last one where all the other films have been purchased, and these ones aren't even going straight to video. They're just being made and maybe for friends and family. Here's the description (laughs) of Vampire Sisters 2, Bats in the Belly. Back for a second bite, the Vampire Sisters throw themselves into a new adventure. Together with their friends Elaine, Jacob, and Ludo, the sisters Sylvania and Darkaria are planning their summer holidays. But not only does their half-vampire status keep things stirred up, another big surprise is in store. The vampire band Krypton Cracks is coming to town, bringing not only excitement for Daka, but also danger for everyone. Krypton Cracks' manager, Santor, is one of the girl's father's greatest rivals, and he has sworn revenge. <laughs> Vania and her friends must band together to save Daka from the force of darkness. Do you get a program when you... <laughs> who's who again? What? The Daka? Daka Shane. This looks really... <laughs> Darling. Oh, but it is directed by Wolfgang Gruss. So he's done quite a few good things. <laughs> hey, that laugh means it's time for another new segment and it involves our... Star sound engineer, and uh, we haven't mentioned our guest Jonah Carey. It's time for it's time for Jamming with Jimmers. Yeah, we're gonna get to our uh, our Our guest in a minute. Our guest is is, well, we'll get to it in a minute. We'll tell you it is. By the way, production. Where has it been all the, the, the first oh, 59 yeah. episodes? I told you we're getting charts. better. For yeah. 59 episodes. Yeah. We had nothing. Now all of a sudden it Just all comes needed a piece. little time. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> High production values right now. Yeah. Uh, Jimmers, what, uh, what do you have for us this week? What Are people, I notice on Twitter, people request stories, don't yeah. they? Like I yeah, saw someone crazy. was asking, they were like, I want more Billy Idol because they heard you talking about living above Billy there for a while. Yeah, and uh, Bruce Springsteen they were asking about, and all, all sorts of uh, – Eddie Money was one. And, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I thought maybe we'll throw a little Eddie Money. Yeah. Oh, yes. Two awesome. tickets yeah. to paradise. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> which actually is my wife's – that's the first record she got. She no got way. That, yeah, that and she got Eddie Money and ELO were her first two albums. So when you when you first met her and you guys were talking and she's like, my I, my first record was Eddie Money and you're like, I, fucking, <laughs> I worked with that guy. <laughs> uh, well, I hadn't worked with him yet at that point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I guess that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I um I did the. He actually had a pretty good hit with it, the song Walk on Water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I wish we could play that. I worked on the mix for that song, and uh, I also had done a couple other records with him where I did drums, you know, kind of recorded the basic tracks. And uh, the guy who produced the record um, also produced uh, the Edgar Winter record I did, 
and uh, he produced a bunch of Kiss stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, Whoa. really cool stuff. But uh, it was it was interesting because this was uh, yeah, what like year? late late I guess late eighties, yeah. you know, early nineties, and uh, that would have been one of Eddie Money's last like big hits. That I, that might have been his last big hit, yeah. you know. And uh, he had it was hilarious. He had this. Uh, I, I guess late '80s convertible Firebird, you know, and I can remember him every day, just kind of pulling up to the studio, and his hair was really, you know, Southern California kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. almost blonde, dyed blonde, and he'd pull up and he'd have the tunes cranking, and it'd be like, "Dude, it's a Firebird," you know. It was it was hilarious, but he, he was the funniest guy, really, really great guy, unbelievably talented. And uh, when when he'd get in the studio, when he would sing, when he you know get behind the mic, it was like turn it on instantly. Wow. There he is, you know. He like was a, now, was Axel like that? Like when he yeah. when he eventually showed up, yeah. was, could he turn it on, or were there some days where he didn't have it? Um, all right, so uh, you know he would come down the studio, and there would be days and days and days where we didn't record anything <laughs> because he'd be like I. I can tell it's not there. I don't have it. I just, I don't have it. And then he'd come in and he'd go, okay, you know, put up You Could Be Mine or whatever song. And he'd go out like that song, for example. Almost every song he did, really, first take, wow. bam. And, and I mean, and then he'd go, he'd always be like, give me another track, give me another track. And then he'd go and he'd do like his low harmonies, those low kind of voices and He'd layer all his vocals on, but very rarely did we have to go in and, you know, get a word here or there. You know, he might say, hey, let me get the second verse again or something. But he really, I would say of all the songs I worked on with him, which was almost all of their stuff, he he nailed everything usually in the first couple of takes. Wow. I love yeah. listening back to that cool. now and thinking of that, like yeah. the fact that it's practically listening to a live recording. And yeah, what, was it a case of, okay, he did two takes and then he left, so I guess we're left with those? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, and that's not the case that's at all. That's how Fox Sports Live <laughs> No, no, uh, you know, he would hang. He, he'd he be there, you know, it, we, we'd we see the sun come up. He might just do the one the one song and the vocals or whatever, and he would we'd listen to it over and over again. He'd want to make sure, okay, everything is right on there, you know? And he'd get real specific. Like, a lot of times in their songs, you know, he'll have like those, just like a, uh, a spoken word here and there that comes in under another line or something like that. And he'd be really specific as to what he wanted. It was pretty amazing. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm, I uh, love it. Getting yeah. back to Eddie Money, I'm forever scarred by uh, Take Me Home Tonight. <laughs> uh, when I lived in Vancouver, uh, this is when I first got into TV, uh, I went to the Loose Moose with my buddy Superfly. And uh, he uh, ran into a female friend of his. And she's like, hey, why don't you guys come back for drinks at my house? Because the bar is closed. So we went back. Three, so... We went back, and she's like, oh, "I yeah, have beers in the fridge, and take they put Take Me Home Tonight on the CD. I came out from the kitchen, and they were dancing. 
to take me home tonight. Oh, I singing. thought you were going to say they were banging. Yeah, singing at the top of their lungs. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say that Soups is just balls deep. In These it. kids have problems, folks. <laughs> it's it's like I was not even there, so I just, uh, I'm like, God. See you, fellas. Guys. Ladies. So I just walked out. <laughs> Wow, that's sad. What a sad story. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to sing along. Hey, guys, I want to be a part of this. No? And then all of a sudden, he's just like marrying his schlong <laughs> into her. Like, is this me? I never you don't want me here? I, I should have asked Super if anything did happen that night. but uh, It wasn't that they sang the song bad. It was that they were having just fun with that. Yeah, night. that's right. They were... You had FOMO that night. I, I could see you invented FOMO. I could so see long twinkles. My time is up. There was twinkles in their eyes, and I was not part of the twinkling. Lil sketch. <laughs> should we get to our guest? Yes, we should. Yeah. All right. This is very exciting uh, because we've wanted to have this guy on our podcast yep. for a long, long time. Um, just last week, he was named with us. Among Canada's greatest 15 uh, imports to the United States. It's a list you'll want to be on. I mean, it's an incredible list. Uh, Dan Schulman tops the list, as he should. But this guy's on it as well. And uh, he's written an incredible book called Up, Up, and Away. And we're going to talk all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, also inducted into the Canadian Wall of Fame, Mr. Jonah Carey. Bring it in. Come on. Bring, Bring it, in. it in. Wearing a Quebec Nordique shirt. What a Oh, I love what a it. Shirt. I love that. One of that. the best logos in the history of uh professional sports. You know it. Uh, just throw that on there. Bring oh, back there, the there. Nords. This is we, exa- we did that as a practical joke. We did that as a practical joke. No, we didn't. We just don't have the technology to have three good chairs, Jonah. Got a, we got a spare. You just want to uh, Here, let's bring de- you in a good you chair. You emphasize my height is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I get it. We're doing a, a, a chair switch. Yeah, we're do a chair it's all good. Hopefully Jonah's not this frazzled because he had to deal with some L.A. traffic to get here. No, but that's not even what happened. I did have to deal with L.A. traffic, but, you know, you just GPS makes us stupid. This is a, a public service announcement against GPS. I lived <laughs> in Los Angeles. Up there a bit. Yeah. There we go. There I lived in go. Los Angeles for six years, okay? okay. I, I know L.A. It's fine. It's all fine. Right. However, oh, you know, long day. I was doing this and that. Okay, well, Pico. Okay, I'll just go. I'm going through Pico. I'm like, Pico's a long street. Yeah. Is is Koreatown on the west side now? <laughs> no. You found yourself at a Roy Choi restaurant That's and you were happens. frightened. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dry cleaning is getting progressively more cheap <laughs> as I'm driving the street. <laughs> this could be a problem. And, uh, but yes, I made it over and uh, it's a super pleasure. By the way, I've never heard of this top 15 list. Who did this list? Uh, awful announcing. It's a, it's a website that only, uh, only people in this business watch no one else has ever nobody comments site. or visits it <laughs> I, top 15 yeah there's a lot more than 15 too that's no a, there are but you're in the top i'm saying that's yeah. very prestigious to make it to the 15. It, you're huge this is big this is a big deal i'm literally huge i don't know about uh, <laughs> metaphorically huge i suppose that's true okay before before yeah. we forget we got to get you to sign this this is your picture we're going to put on very uh, elaborate picture God. we printed out on a oh, oh sign the front <laughs> sign the front <laughs> uh, we, we, your placement on the wall can i put just, it like just sign it Right on the face, and nobody yeah. sees. You can face. do whatever you want. That's your right. that's your picture. Right. No one has ever um, uh, graffitied their pictures. No, that's true. You <laughs> could you could really mess it up. Tommy Douglas is next to you, the father of socialized medicine in Canada. The trailer park the trailer boys. park boys. Tommy Douglas 
it's, the it's greatest by Canadian. some to be the greatest Canadian. That's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, That's I love this. You signed your forehead. That's perfect. Yeah, it's a big by forehead. the way, Tommy Douglas's picture, he's like, you want free health care? <laughs> I got it for you. I got it for you. Okay, the How about that sweater, photo, right? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to put this up all day. Now, tell us, Jonah, about uh, you are a Canadian. Tell yeah. us about growing up, uh, uh, your childhood, all that fun stuff before we get into the book first. So I was born and raised in Montreal. Uh, went to Concordia University in Montreal, and uh, yeah, didn't move away until after that. And uh, it was a normal middle class kind of thing. And and I knew from age basically at, at age twelve, I was like, I'm I'm tall, but I'm not good enough to play in the NBA. <laughs> what are my other options? And pretty much from that point on, I, I thought that I wanted to be a sports writer. So, born and raised in Montreal, yet you have a Nordiques jersey on. Is that not sacrilegious? Uh, <laughs> I I I mostly just. I like the funk sports teams. I have a California Golden Seals shirt sure. at home. I have a Hartford, Hartford Whalers. Whalers. I do have a yeah. I have all Cleveland Barons. We got to get you a Barons. I need one. a Barons. Yeah, I do. I had the Winnipeg Jets, and then they came back into existence, That's and beautiful. I feel like my credibility's been knocked down ten percent. And then you went last night to the Habs Kings game, and you met PK. There's a great picture of you with PK Subban. That you tweeted out. Uh, there is. So um, th- this is a very Canadian thing. This guy I'm friends with. His name is. Well, his name is Andrew, but his he goes by Anakin Slade. He's a Canadian hip-hop artist. And although he does normal hip-hop songs, I think his trademark is that he's known for being the sports anthem guy. Oh, here's a song about the 94 Expos. Here's a song about the Habs. And everybody just rallies around this thing or whatever. And so he, in this sphere, he's a big macher. He's a big deal. So three days ago, we said, hey, are you going to L.A.? Yeah, I'll be in L.A. You'll be in L.A. Let's go to the game. We didn't have tickets. And then two days ago, he says, we have two different luxury box offers. What do you want? So we ended up hanging out a little bit with Joshua Jackson. Oh, Josh Jackson of Dawson's Creek Who's fame? a Canadian. Yeah, we wow. got to get him on the wall of fame. Of course you should. Yeah, and a yeah. super nice guy, oh, by yeah? the way. Oh, very, good. very nice. Good to hear. And then after the game, we had passes to this kind of roped-off area with a few players, Galianchuk and Gallagher. And Anakin knows PK. PK comes out. How you doing? Da-da-da. And uh, we start chatting. And, and it's weird because, like, who's your favorite hockey player of all time? Uh, John Tonelli. Okay, and what about you? <laughs> Patrick Waugh. Okay. So those are guys from your youth. Yes. Yeah. That's the normal thing. My favorite baseball player of all time is Tim Raines. Right. His rookie year, I was six or seven. But my favorite hockey player of all time is P.K. Subban. What? what? Which is crazy. I'm 40, okay? There's yeah. no, that doesn't make any sense. He's way You're a man. Than I'm a man. <laughs> I shouldn't be fawning. I'm a professional sports writer, by the way. But uh, there's something about his the way he plays is obviously great, but his charisma, everything about him is just awesome. And, uh, yes, I rooted for Patrick Waugh and Mats Naslund and all kinds of... Mats Naslund. Naslund. <laughs> Shell Dalin. Uh, it was told the three stars as picked by Red Fisher of the Gazette. <laughs> wow, we're really going deep now. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We can no, go super deep f- here. It's phenomenal. Super deep. But I didn't imprint on any one guy. I like the has, but I didn't imprint on any one guy. And PK came along and I was just... So it's very strange. I mean, I was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And I'm... 15, 16 years older than the guy and have been in this industry for quite a while. Sure, yeah. But, and I wouldn't, I met Clayton Kershaw. I don't treat him like that because I have to interview him. I have to treat him. Hey, yeah, you're a baseball guy. But Maybe hockey, that's what it is. Hockey's more, you know, it's, it's for foreign. fun. Yeah, yeah. for fun. Yeah. Were you ever a Steve Penny fan? Oh. I was a Steve Penny fan. That when was he had year. that, like, two-year run where he stood on he his head. The, it he was like the, a year and ten games. I was going <laughs> to say short. it was more of a playoff run. <laughs> Pennies from heaven. I remember yeah. the Hockey News cover. Pennies from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> All those 80s teams were, were a lot of fun. Oh, it was awesome. Our thing was, like I said, I had a very, very middle-class existence, but the one kind of fancy friend that our family had is this guy who was the nephew of one of the Molsons. And so his deal was, and I, I've told this story before, but obviously not on your show because I've never been on your show. Yeah. Um, 
we would get uh, tickets occasionally. So he would come to the house and say, oh, here's some tickets. I'd be 13, 14 years old. He'd give me two tickets. It's from a Molson. These are good tickets. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice so, seats. Nice seats. Yeah. So, and, and that's the Montreal, it's an old Montreal Forum. And there are no sports venues like the old Montreal Forum now. Everybody there would be, the men would be in three-piece suits and the women would be in fur coats. And it was, it was like going to the opera. It was a big to-do. And I'm going in my jeans and whatever with my idiot friend. And we're literally 13 or 14 years old. And we're walking down and walking down. And eventually one of the ushers will stop you and go, Hey, hey, qu'est-ce que tu fais là? And they get all whatever about it. And I go, look at this. Oh, oh, pardon-moi, monsieur. It takes me down, takes me down, takes me down. First row right behind Patrick Waugh. Those were the seats that we would have, you know, a couple times a year. I love how you classified them as your one fancy friend. I don't have a fancy yeah. friend. I'd yeah. love to have a fancy family friend. Our, yeah. It, would Carissa be our fancy family I friend I guess. Now? Carissa Thompson. That qualifies. <laughs> our new that qualifies. I think she might be it. Donovan uh, McNabb? The, uh, we don't like to talk about him, Okay. Though. We try to keep it down. The hot okay. dogs at the Montreal Forum. You've been to a lot of stadiums. Where do they uh, compare to other stadium arena food? And not just at the Forum. You said steamies. That's a Montreal-style hot dog. It's almost like comparing, like, a piece of lamb to a hamburger. It's not. It's almost not the same thing to me. I don't think it's a, a Dodger dog is the same way as a Steamy. Steamy's much smaller, first of all. Right. And and it's just made differently, and and uh, it's steamed. It's and like a Montreal bagel, a New York bagel, almost, right? You right. Can't, Although yeah. New York bagel can go to hell compared to the Montreal Thank bagel. Thank you. Of course. Percent with course. you on that one. No, Steamy's are phenomenal, and I'm not a big hot dog guy, but I'd go have three Steamy's right now for <laughs> yeah. sure. I 100%. wish we had three Steamy's. I wish so we had someone just bring in three Steamy's yes. for you. Um. So then. Now you're living in Denver. Two questions, two-part yeah. question. Number one, how high are you right now? Number two, <laughs> how did you end up in Denver? Uh, well, I'm not high currently because I'm not in Denver. But, <laughs> I mean, I can say, like, it's legal. I, I have, after a long drought, year, 15 years, I don't know, like, occasionally we'll partake. Oh, here's, here's the thing. Because, I mean, it, like, because it was legal, you're like, you know what, I might as well just stop by the store. Pick more, some up. more or less, I guess. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. That's it's, fantastic. It's, it's, listen, if you've ever gone out and had six beers, that's really bad for you. Agreed. Yeah. And, uh, bad for a my little weight. This is, yeah, bad for your weight, bad yeah. for your liver. You feel terrible the next day and a little this, this is it's cheaper, it's healthier, you know, it's fine. You're preaching to the choir. I'm pro legalization for yeah. many reasons, and that's one of but them. But that's not why you settled there. No, I settled there. I've moved around uh, five times. Each time has been for my wife, who's a child psychologist, who's awesome, and we've been married a long time, and I love her to death. Uh, not literally, that'd be bad. And uh, <laughs> we've moved. So we, I met her while I was in college, and she was in college. She was going to a small liberal arts school in Pennsylvania, and we met there. Actually, that's a good story. Oh, let's hear it. All right. Let me see if I can tell this story in a, in a good way. I'll try to do the, the relatively short version. Um, so uh, 1993, I meet this guy. I was a counselor summer camp. I was like 18 years old. Meet this guy. He's going to McGill. I'm from Montreal, so okay. And the move when you're in Montreal is you don't really go away to college. All Americans do and a lot of Canadians from other parts of the country. In Montreal, it's very kind of family-driven. You tend to live at home, and it's fun. You go out and you have fun, but you, you stay there until you, uh, after college. After university. So, uh, but he went to McGill and he's from Toronto, this, this guy, this kid. So I would go over and crash at his place. We'd hang out, whatever. We became quick, quick friends. Uh, I, he calls me up. He says, uh, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. You want to go watch uh, the World Series, the Blue Jays, at Gertz at the campus pub in McGill? Sure. He says, I got a buddy coming in. He's going to school in Philly, but he went to high school with me in Toronto. He obviously can't stay in Philly to root for the Blue Jays. He's going to come to Montreal. I said, yeah, that's great. Let's, let's go. Buck a blue night, one dollar oh, a bad blue. blue. Now I'm sure I'm gonna guess you guys like me 
we're poor in college. I didn't have yeah. any. I couldn't yeah. scratch two nickels together. Well, not a cent. It was it was rough, but it was buckle blue night, and this kid, this guy's coming in. I'm like, I got to be hospital or whatever. <laughs> I I estimate this was this was uh, game six. Not only was it a great game, which we're going to get to in a second, but it was a long game. It was 15 to 13 yeah. was the final. I swear I must add 15 beers. Nice. As and you should. That's as about not a dollar. That's about half as many beers as Steve Webb would have. In one night. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and so I'm bonding with this guy, and the game is incredible, and Joe Carter hits the home run. And despite the fact that I'm an Expos fan, like, you know, when in Rome, and a lot of McGill kids are Toronto kids and, and whatever, so we all went nuts. I distinctly remember singing O Canada on the top of a white panel van. Nice. That definitely happened. So great. You fast forward a few months, my buddy says, what are you doing for spring break? Nothing. Want to go visit that guy? I love that guy. Amazing. <laughs> He's the best. Again, I'm very poor. I can't fly. To, she's, this guy's in Philly. Uh, I can't fly. Okay, I'll take the train. It's like $70. That's all the money I have. It's a 17-hour overnight train. Oh, my God. Three days before the trip, I get brutally sick. So I've got like whatever. And I also had hair. Well, you have video. Hair till here. I'd like... I looked like Robert Plant's mentally challenged cousin. That's what I looked like. That's the best way to describe it. Wow. Just And bags <laughs> under my eyes. I hadn't slept. Sick. Snot. Terrible. 17 hours. I don't sleep on that. I get there. And that's where I meet this awesome girl across the <laughs> hall from this guy. Uh, and, you know, we hit it off a little bit and uh, hung out. She and was then into Robert Plant types. She was. We actually <laughs> bonded over The Simpsons. She was a Simpsons oh. girl. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And uh, anyway, long story short, we've been married 17 years. That now. is a great story. Yeah. And it all Joe stems Carter. from Joe Carter. Joe Carter came, joined Twitter a few years ago. And uh, I think at this point I was I was doing sports writing, but I wasn't Grandland. Like, I didn't have quite the same profile. But I was just tweeting at him. And, and he tweets. I said, you know, you're the reason. Da, da, da. And he, he, he engages me. This is not a direct message. This is, you know, at each other. Public reply. I guess public. And I said, da da da, and he, I tell him the story. He goes, "That's an amazing story. Yeah, that's the most. That's the nicest Joe Carter's ever been to any human. I think. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. He was nice to me. I don't know." Oh, all right. okay. Leave that alone. Okay. <laughs> well, that's great. That's a great story, and though. Now I love that. And now that you bonded over the Simpsons, you're on the lot where it's made. We that's right. Simpsons oh table read. Wait, wait, you were at a table read. It was. Yeah. When did that happen? Neat. Just a couple of months ago, we yeah. got to do it. Yeah, that was one of the best things we've done. Since how? We've how? What were, what were the circumstances when that happened? Forget the rest of this podcast. Uh, we've well, Julie Weinstein, who's our uh, our uh, manager, she she runs the operation. She asked us, "You guys are Simpsons fan. Uh, do you want to go to a table read on Thursday?" We said, Holy "Yes." Cow. So you walk in. Uh, they're on a, a boardroom table yeah. uh, with their scripts. You're handed a script. You follow along while they're doing all of it, and then at the end of it, Matt Groening. Signs it for you. Draws a picture of Bar. He drew a picture of Homer and Marge. It, yeah, to to see Homer do the voice there, to see Lisa do the voice there. Oh, you saw the, them do the VOs too. Yeah. Well, they do. They do oh. the they entire. Do the, they script. perform the whole they show. The I thought you were just thing. literally there for the read. No. It, Holy cow! It was phenomenal. Holy cow! Yeah, pretty neat. Azaria's over speakerphone doing six oh. different voices. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Wow. Yeah, you, yeah. It was you know neat. what? You, obviously, you guys have come a long way since your Canadian upbringing or whatever. But until that moment, I don't think you truly made it. Now you've made it. Maybe actually, I think we made it when you walked in here. With well, you know, because I'm dressed like a homeless man, <laughs> a homeless Quebec Nordique. A homeless fan. Quebec. Nordique. There's a lot of us. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into the book. First of all, you go to your publisher and you say, "I'd like to write a book about the Montreal Expos rise, fall, and." S- subsequent leaving the city and they say that's not at all what happened that's the opposite of what happened the editor of my book was i did, did a book before called the extra two percent which right. was about the tampa bay rays is a little bit money bullish whatever that comes out in 2011 
As soon as that book comes out, my editor says, for some background, my editor is an American who went to McGill and became an Expos fan in the late 90s. Vladimir Guerrero was coming up and all that. So he's a big Expos fan. And he says, now's the time we're going to do an Expos book. And I said, you are out of your mind. There's no way anybody's going to care about the Expos. I was trying to dissuade him from this book because I thought that it wouldn't be marketable. Why am I wasting their time? Me and my dad and three friends would read it. Maybe you guys. And that's it. That Nobody else would care. And so we go, we're going back and forth, and I'm objecting to this thing. And like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I don't want to do this project, <laughs> which would be the most me. fun I could ever have in my whole life. <laughs> I'll, I'll interview Tim Raines and Rusty Stahl and Pedro Martinez. Sounds terrible. I don't want to do it. And anyway, we went back and forth, and we came to terms, and it worked out fine. And what's interesting is, and the book is was so much fun to do. Like, you know, you talked about if you got to interview Tonali or if you got to interview R, pick your favorite baseball player, football, all these guys. It was like it was all come to life. It was an amazing thing. Andre Dawson, all these people. And um, as the book was going along, there started to be some momentum for baseball in Montreal, which is blows my mind because yeah. it was dormant for so long. Sure. It's the uh, – oh, there we go. Sorry, I'm slamming gotcha. the thing. No, no, no. Um, there was uh, there was a confluence. It worked out so well, and uh, <laughs> it peaked basically last year in March, right? When there were exhibition games at Olympic Stadium, oh, there yeah. were ninety seven thousand people. Huge! Huge. I love it. And by the way, you, this is the new paperback that you, that you have right. out that you're promoting, and you put an afterword on it, a new one, where you talk about that how amazing it was that they ninety thousand people for two games for the Jays and Mets, right? It was Jays and Mets, and it was absolutely bananas. And I came all geared up with like my Reigns jersey <laughs> and all this, and 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 most of the there were Jays fans, there were Mets fans, but most of the people were Expos fans. Right. And we were loud and having Labat Saint-Gont and... Uh, not one dollar then. Not one dollar. No. The seats were more expensive than any 50 games <laughs> I've ever been to combined. We used to buy one dollar bleacher seats and sneak to the good ones because nobody went to the games. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, it was absolutely phenomenal and so fun. And it was amazing because all this stuff happened, those games three days after my book release. So in Canada, this thing took off. Like, I was, love it. It Huge. was the number one nonfiction book in Canada. I kicked Malcolm Gladwell's ass. Hey, Gladwell. <laughs> we got to get Gladwell up. Yeah, on right? Thing, yeah, so, so many, we should get Gladwell so up. So many here. questions revar- regarding the Expos. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Like, two days ago, someone put out some clips of Vladdy Guerrero, how he could hit anything, and they showed yeah. some of them hitting the ball after it had bounced yes. coming to the plate. Vladdy Guerrero, the urine on the hands. Did you... That was was a, that that's Alou. That's Alou. Guerrero did it too, though. Oh, did I he? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm pretty I sure he did. Well, Nothing I, surprised I love, me about Guerrero. I love Jeff. Jeff, you have Jeff Blair's. Uh, you must interview Jeff in a I quote in there about how it it looked like he was using a tennis racket yeah. to hit a ball because he could hit it from any spot, spot on the bat. It, it would just it would fly, right? He totally could. Uh, by the way, for people who want to get a snippet of this, uh, this week we published an excerpt at Deadspin.com. And uh, it was about Vladimir Guerrero. It was the whole story of Vladimir Guerrero and what had happened and all that stuff. And it, it gets into all that. It's, it's almost like a mini oral history of Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, Manny Acta, who was the third base coach, he said uh, Vlad, would he'd have 10,000 10, cans of beer and a bag of rice. That was his diet. <laughs> Which, and and it, it, he was this savant of a hitter who was a relatively um, – Subdued guy, I guess. Otherwise, he just never really learned to speak English, yeah, even toward was, the end. Which was people brilliant. criticized his Spanish, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliant. He didn't have to do interviews, right? No, he didn't. I mean, he had, you know, he came from poverty, and not just that, but it was remote, like it was in the mountains. He, yeah. I think he had a third grade education, and that was it. Um, but I mean, uh, an absolutely marvelous. And then the player. the the bat, but then maybe even arguably better, the arm, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's almost crazy to think of. Well, 
Well, think of the legacy of Expos outfielders, right? So Ellis Valentine, yep. Andre Dawson, Larry Walker, and Vladimir Guerrero. Unreal. Put any other franchise's best forearms. Jesse Barfield had a great arm. Mm-hmm. Some Pirates guys, Dave Parker, had a great arm. But I defy you to find four guys like that in one franchise, almost not quite consecutive, but pretty close, who all had that. It was an amazing thing. Bell Mosby, Barfield, come on. It was a great outfield, but Mosby didn't have – Barfield had by far the best arm of the three. Yes. Those three guys together – there's actually a good debate to be had about who's the best outfield in the last 30 years. I think those three are definitely way up there. I put Grissom, Alou, and Walker way up there. Yep. There aren't too many others, actually. I don't even think I'm being we're being homers by talking about that. They really were both outfields were incredible. And you mentioned Grissom Alou and Walker and yeah. you talk about ninety four in there. It's almost like it's I hate what if scenarios, but it's almost like that ninety four season, like if that would have worked out and if they had gone on, if they had won, maybe things would have worked out differently. I think that that's the common wisdom, and I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm diametrically opposed to that thought. The only thing that I would say is that their biggest problem was their ownership. And even if they had gone to the World Series, even if they'd won the World Series, it was still the same stiffs that were running the joint. Now, these were big companies that were represented, Bell and and, uh, Canadian Pacific and giant Canadian companies, but they were all basically absentee owners. All of them more or less said, here's $5 million on day one. Don't bother us again. Well, that's fine in 1991. But eventually, costs go up, and uh, Claude Brochu, who was the guy who was running the team, just was trying to keep the cost down, keep the cost down. And he said himself, he voted for the strike, that, or he voted for the ending the season that year that ultimately resulted in the cancellation of the season. He was just so determined to get more revenue into the team that everything kind of fell apart. So even if they'd won the World Series, maybe it would have built some momentum. Maybe these corporate owners would have snapped out of it. Not 100% positive, though. It was was really a dire situation. So a couple of things. Going back and speaking to players – how do they look back on living in Montreal, playing in Montreal, and would a, a stadium that was not the big O and was more centralized in downtown Montreal made a difference? I think that they – the first question is a very good question. I had the same question in my mind when I went to interview them was, are they going to uh, be positive but or not? Because if their playing days are over, they don't need to suck up. or what, There's yeah. nothing. There's no incentive for them to lie. But to a man, they all said, not just that they liked it there, they said it was the best time of their career. And I'm talking about guys who played for multiple, Andre Dawson played for multiple teams, uh, Pedro Martinez did. Pedro Martinez won a World Series in That's Boston. That's amazing for him to say that. Better in Montreal. Wow. They all, first of all, a lot of them were younger because guys would leave when they got to 26 or 27, 28. Um, so, you know, that's the best time of a lot of people's lives, I guess. And they played before Twitter, before cell phones, True. before Instagram, oh, all wow. that. So those but guys not got sh- after it. But not before Shea Perry and Super Sex. And, and the, visitors, <laughs> the Visitor's Hotel was always two steps from Shea Perry. Uh, I heard a great story. Um, Whitey Herzog was the manager of St. Louis Cardinals. He would fly his team in the day of the game rather than the day before. Like, even if they had an off day, they'd wait to fly in until a couple hours before. <laughs> he said at least we'd have one game where we could concentrate. The rest of it would be a disaster. And they did have some good home records in the glory years. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which, it was I guess, perf- the Montreal hangover. <laughs> because you right. develop an immunity to it if you live in it. Sure. But if somebody, if you play for the Milwaukee Brewers and you beam into town, it's like, oh, oh my God. here's this. Yeah. Oh, magnificent. Okay, so that's great to hear that they love Montreal. The second yeah. part, the stadium. Yeah, I- you know, the stadium would have been much better if it was downtown. I mean, yeah. if you know about Montreal, it, it's it's a very vibrant city, but it very much has a core. You know, L.A. has all these pockets of places. Montreal, everything is focused there. It was on the east end. There was nothing 
And the East End is not terrible, but they never bothered to build any retail. There's right. no yeah. there's no bars. There's no anything. And so, yeah, the, t- whether it's the players, whether it's the fans, we all wanted that. We, we It would have been – when they tried to build a new stadium in the 90s, they made kind of a feeble effort, but that's where it was going to be. And to this day, I maintain – there are other things that need to happen, but if a team were to succeed, that they'd need a stadium. They need a stadium. Okay, so before we let you go, the yeah. final question, uh, we always pose this. Before we left Canada, we went to the, the president of CTV, <laughs> Kevin Krull, and we said, one of you guys, as Bell Media, buy the Rays, buy whoever's available, mm-hmm. move them up here, build a stadium. Send. They were going to spend $5 billion on the hockey rights, spend half of that – Building a stadium and bringing the Expos back. Realistically, is there a chance the Expos could return to Montreal? Way less than half of that. I think for a billion dollars, you can get most of it done, which, oh, yeah, a billion dollars is nothing. Right. But yeah, no, there is a realistic chance. I can tell you this isn't something that's been made up. Yes, to your, we're going to go inside Canada for a second. Uh, Rogers and Bell are the two big media companies. Rogers got hockey away from Bell. Bell had had hockey for a long time. This is a major blow, a major blow. So I know for a fact there are people high up in boardrooms that say, Let's build something like MLB Network, the equivalent. Our quote-unquote anchor tenant will be a team in Montreal, and we'll make it happen. This has been discussed. Put it this way. 2011, when I got approached to write the book, one of the reasons I didn't want to do it is because it's totally dormant. The other thing is I didn't think that anybody would ever care about baseball in Montreal again. I, I, I said at the time, and I'm an optimist, a big optimist in life, I said there's no way baseball's ever going to come back. I have amended that to there is a chance that baseball come back. Furthermore, when the new commissioner, Rob Manfred, took over the job, Tyler Kepner from the New York Times, a bunch of other people, and he even came to ESPN headquarters, and I was in Bristol at the time. We don't know what that is. I'm sorry, ESPN is a, some it's other a four-letter network. <laughs> They're struggling, but they'll make it. Listen, I have much love for everybody. <laughs> no, I, not working. I'm the guy bullshit. who could jump around. But, um, but I, Manfred was asked directly about expansion, and he said, we're open to expansion, and if we did expansion, it would specifically be international. It would be something like Montreal and Monterey, Mexico. Wow. Yeah, so. I mean, c- considering where we were, the no, nobody yeah. would ever think. No Because shot. the end was dire. It was brutal. It was. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. And uh, listen, I'm, I doubt I would ever move back because I like it in the States, let's face it. But I w- <laughs> I'd become a partial season ticket holder Can or something. Can you imagine, though, One last question. Back, oh I always God, ask so weird great. questions. but No, please. The seats at the Big O, is it just me or are they really small? Well, small and uncomfortable. They were. They were like. They were it's futuristic. A different time, though, right? I mean, but I we, were small, all, we were all we're smaller asses. <laughs> but I remember. Going, <laughs> I was six years old. So yeah. right. but I remember going there. I'm like, I, I'm. I've never been big, but I was a kid, and I'm like, this seat is tiny. It was tiny, and the, very weird. They were all yellow and blue, and yep. they were they were very Euro, really. And people used to make noise, even in a small crowd. You go clack, 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 and you could hear the noise echoing throughout this giant mausoleum of a stadium. And uh, it was it could be if you had ten thousand people there, it sounded like thirty. If you had thirty, it sounded like a hundred. This book uh, is so good, and I highly encourage you all to pick it up. I'm just going to show it to the oh, camera okay, here, up, up and away, right there. Jonah Carey, a Globe and Mail best book. <laughs> The globe. <laughs> Listen, that matters to us. <laughs> it does. It does. Great book. Great having you here, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming in. So Appreciate good. it, Dan. And Thanks so uh, much. and swing by again next time you're hanging out with PK and uh, and Canadian rappers and uh, uh, I mean and I, I feel hanging like in Koreatown and. <laughs> Listen, I got my shirts pressed while I was out there. It was good. Uh, Awesome to have you here. Thanks, Jonah. Thank you, fellas. All right, now get back into this studio. Thanks very much, Jonah. Have a great day. Let everybody know. And we did a quick change, too. Yeah, if you're watching the video portion, we were wearing suits. Uh, By the way, Jonah buried the lead. He was in town for a movie. (laughs) Yes, uh, a movie about uh, Bill Spaceman Lee, correct? 
Yeah, but, and so he plays a reporter. Uh, and Josh uh, Duhamel, Duhamel is Duhamel, Duhamel. is Duhamel. the uh, is the, the he star. plays the spaceman. So look for that in theaters. When I think of, of Spaceman Lee, I didn't immediately <laughs> Josh Duhamel didn't immediately come to mind as a casting choice. But hey, go for it. No, I was. Uh, who's the guy from? Uh, oh, why don't I, I should add his name? He's for, he when they put the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was in that Shepherd. Shepherd. What's his name? Dax Shepard? No, not him. <laughs> really weird guy. Shepard Smith from no. Fox News? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, good I think we got Shregs on the line here. Maybe he can help us. Why don't you, yeah, I am DBM. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have to admit, I didn't see that. I remember reading the book. That's pretty good. Kid. First thing that you need to know is that the internet is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. need to know that. You got him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think he was even in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shrakes, how are you, buddy? How's uh, you're watching the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been hanging out for a few hours, boys. Uh, enjoying <laughs> the game. Uh, I'm glad you got on an ESPN personality on your podcast. I think they need that. That's good. Uh, they need they need some help. They need all the help they can get. Uh, Peter Schrager is uh, the city of New York. Is it engulfed by March Madness? How is the scene no, there? No one cares, man. <laughs> no one gives a sh- that's a that's a flyover state thing where you get all like, oh, my bracket's busted. No, here in New York, I don't think anyone even knows what's going on. It's kind of uh, it's 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 a normal, typical Thursday. But me, I'm sitting at the bar with my friends. Watching the games, I'm enjoying some iced teas, unsweetened, some lemon. What? What? Uh, iced enjoying teas. everything and stuffing my face with wings. I've been good dietary wise. I recently today decided it was such a cheat a lie. day. Uh, Peter Schreger, how many people are in said bar holding their actual brackets? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, those days have died. Now everyone just lives in their phone and they just stare at the phone. I remember back in the day where you would take your Sports Illustrated on like Thursday on Tuesday rip out the bracket, yep. fill it out, and then you couldn't make any changes because you had to submit it on Wednesday to some phantom person who's running your, bo- your office right. pool. Now you can, like, tinker with it beforehand. And, uh, you know, I think Twitter's ruined NCAA March Madness because oh, totally. all it is is everyone saying, oh, bracket's busted. Like, yeah. I, I don't care. I'm done. Oh, it's over for me. Uh, Iowa over. State and then, like, lost. and then they're like suddenly a liar. Like I thought you died. I thought you were done. And then Final Four, they're still tweeting about it. I know. Peter Schrager, uh, you had a, a big development. Uh, you have your suck. your mock draft for the NFL, <laughs> and you made some changes this week. Yeah, it was monster. And I know Jay uh, mentioned it on the air on Tuesday night. It was actually interesting. I. I People don't think we put any work into these things. I actually spent all weekend on phones with guys from different teams trying to slate where they would take players and how it would all work. And these mock drafts do pretty well online. People love clicking on it. It's really like the biggest thing in the offseason. So I originally had Marcus Mariota going number two to the Tennessee Titans, and I felt pretty confident about it, submitted it to my editors, and then I had a very special conversation with a person that knows things, and he says, "Uh uh-uh, buddy, move Mariota down, Tennessee not as hot on him as you might think. So, so Tennessee- I had to rush a phone call, call all the producers at Fox Sports Live. My name is on this. You have to change it. I don't stand behind it anymore. And there was a last-second change that I think everyone on the Internet was buzzing about. Traeger Mom! I mean, if you... <laughs> Whoa! That was loud. Sorry, Shrek. That was incredibly loud. Because Shrek's... And this is a good point. I mean, if, if the podcast listeners love you, you, you they got to go to FoxSports.com. That's where your mock drafts are. They are sensational. So Leonard Williams to the Titans, and then you think Mariota's going to the Jets at six. So the Jets are going to take another quarterback. 
I think so. And, and if not, I think Mariota might be in for a free fall in the kind of situation where, oh. uh, you know, Cleveland suddenly, who has the 12 and 19 pick, oh, they've, already, no. they've already tried trading for Sam Bradford once this, this offseason. Uh, the Eagles, that came out this week that they were offering the 19th pick for Bradford straight up. Eagles said no. The Browns might be an interesting team. The Rams at 10, they only have Nick Foles now as their quarterback. They might be an interesting team. But Mariota could slip and slide out of the top 10. And I know people are really high on Marcus Mariota, and I know your listeners of the podcast might have seen him play in some big games. I don't think NFL evaluators are as high on Marcus Mariota as the way the media is perching him up to be in some places. Or Joel Klatt. Peter Schrager. Or Joel Klatt, who, oh, my God, if he could have a – I don't know if Joel Klatt's getting a cut of Marcus Mariota. (laughs) This guy, Klatt, the way he talks about Mariota, you think he's Joe Montana. We'll see. It might be, but, my God, Joel loves his Marcus Mariota. Real quickly, before you give us a rant, it came out this week that Jameis Winston may not be attending the draft. Does it matter, and is it true? No, and it does. It is true. I don't think Jameis is going to attend the draft. As of now, he's not. I spoke to some people in his camp. It looks like he's not going to attend. It's in Chicago. It's not in New York anymore. So kind of the allure of going to Radio City and staying at the Essex house, and that whole experience is gone. Now you're in Chicago. Again, a flyover state, not really my thing. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it's a big deal now. And also, he wants to be with his family in Alabama, which is where they're predominantly tricks. from. So he's going to be staying with them. Uh, it's not a big deal. Joe Thomas is uh, one of the best pros in the game. He's a left tackle for the Browns. He was a third overall pick a few years back. He spent draft day fishing with his dad on a river. So it doesn't matter. It's for the kid. If they want to experience the big city, and Chicago is now the big city for the draft, that's cool. If not, it's not a big deal for anyone. I feel like that's – I disagree, Shregs. Like, isn't that look bad on the NFL, this future star, this number one overall pick just doesn't even bother? Like, I'm just thinking of other – I'm thinking of – obviously, we talk about hockey all the time. There's no way in the world that the number one overall pick in the NHL wouldn't be at the draft and put the sweater on. And I just – it seems weird to me. I mean, I get, yeah, I, I get Joe honestly, Thomas. Honestly, I don't think the NFL is so upset if that's the case. The, wow. the amount of baggage this kid has and the amount yeah, of time If he doesn't show up, it's not going to be the end of the world. They're going to have to deal with all the stuff around him for the next 10 years, I'm sure. But if he doesn't show up to the draft, I don't think anyone's going to be too upset, especially uh, at the league offices. I think they'll be just fine with it. Peter Schrager, do you have a rant for us? No, no rant. I mean, just the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, God, you think everyone's a college basketball player. I watched three games. I filled out a bracket. We called it a day. And I know no one did more than that this season. And yet on Twitter, everyone thinks they're an expert. Just relax. Watch the games. Root for upsets. I mean, if you're rooting for UAB to beat Iowa State, that's natural. You want to root for the underdog. And yet I look on Twitter and everyone's screaming about Iowa State a three seed. Like, you know, this is suddenly uh, their team that they grew up with. Get over it. That's what I say. Just enjoy basketball. <laughs> Peter Schrager's our NFL insider. Uh, you can catch him on Twitter at P-S-C-H-R-A-G-S, so P-Schrags. Hey, Dan, what did you say last night when you were starting to highlight? This oh, is oh. something that's sure to stick out in a conversation. Oh, hey, you know what, Pete? If you were wondering what he said, uh, oh, wait, here's what he said. But I couldn't put, stick out those easy words. Couldn't stick out those easy words. But I couldn't put, stick out those easy words. Thanks, Peter Schrager, for bringing that up and reminding us. <laughs> Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the unsweetened iced teas, Shregs. I will, guys. I love you both, and I love the whole gang. I know Mel Downey doesn't sound like he's in the hood right now. Is he still on vacation again for the he's here. time he's, this year? He's he, here. he showed up today. He right decided to show kid. up from love that Tell him to keep his chin up when people are tweeting at him not to get too down. I will, my friend. Schrager bomb. Peter Schrager, our NFL insider. Uh, I have an oh, update. I check, found... out, uh, by the... check out his podcast. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a great point by Mike. 
Uh, Pete's podcast is really, really good. Um, obviously very NFL-centric, but it's just Pete, and it's different. It's a different side of Pete, but it's really good. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, I looked it up, and the actor I was thinking of was in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Uh, so... So, because he's an odd bird. Yeah, he's a he's a. So I could see him as Bill Spaceman. Yes, yeah, he would be good in that role. I agree with you. But I don't know because if you if you have a guy throwing a ball, you need to be able to throw a ball. I True. don't. Know. Can't be like uh, can't be like uh, what's his name? Kevin Spacey in House of Cards right, when he threw the ex- first pitch. That's right. exactly oh. what I was thinking about. Him in the backyard <laughs> throwing that ball. I'm like, can we not? He's an actor. You can't teach him to mimic. The proper throwing technique. The thing that blows my mind is all these NBA players now who are throwing out first pitches who can't throw a I baseball. Know. It's very odd. <gasps> they just never threw a ball ever? Just It's a lost ball? art. It's a lost art. <laughs> Jesus get our hands on more balls. Love that Sam Rockwell, though. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a quirky him, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get him on the pod. Hey, yeah, who's that should. good-looking he guy? He lives is in he Daly on... City in California. Is he uh, on Twitter? Is he on Twitter, Pat? Probably. Let's find out Daily if he is. Let's like, get uh, the podcast viewers. Let's make that uh, a big goal of ours to get Sam. Oh, Rockwell he is Sam, at Sam underscore Rockwell. Let's get him on the podcast. We're uh, we're efforting Will. No, Forte I don't think that uh, this Sam Rockwell has two hundred and thirty-two followers. I don't yeah, think that that's doesn't him. seem like him. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's like a DJ or something. <laughs> Ooh, DJ Sam Rockwell. Uh, like a little was... sketch. Should we uh, give Taggart a quick call? Yeah. While sure. we're calling Taggart, um, or should we do it uh, before or after? Because I wanted to play. Uh, someone suggested to us on Twitter, play six. You know, there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Play six degrees of Engineer Jim. Sounds fun. Let's so I have, t- I have two names that I wanted to throw out. So, again, he might not have direct contact with these people, but I bet he knows someone who has or has a relationship in some way. This is intense. Do we have a jingle for this, by the way? No. <laughs> Just the other one. That was <laughs> Pretty great. Okay. Let's go with All right. no, this, Jimi like Hendrix. Okay. I do have a connection to Jimi Hendrix. Um, one of my best friends who you've heard me talk about on the pod here. Uh, we've done some records together. My buddy Hoover, the guy who was, you know, going to be on the plane with uh, DJ AM. And, yep. you know, he's a live sound guy. We've done a few records together. Uh, his name is Chris Rankin. His father was Kenny Rankin. Kenny Rankin is a famous jazz musician in New York City. He used to play at the bottom line all the time in the 60s. When Hoover was a kid, a baby living in Spanish Harlem, his dad, one of his best friends, was Jimi Hendrix. Boom. Hendrix would come over to his house. One of Hoover's first memories as a child was his dad and Hendrix playing together in his living room. Holy what? Sh- you just blew my mind. That, okay, that was like for the first. I think we raised the bar too high for the first. <laughs> yeah, one. that was that incredible. Was a good one. Yeah. That was like two degrees. Uh, and because I mentioned it before, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm going to throw Waylon Jennings. I know you're uh, you're usually with the rock side of things, but Waylon Jennings, do you have a, a connection there at all? I do. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is how did we not play this game? Before? I know. So um, uh, I haven't met Waylon. Personally, I wish I did. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have met his son Shooter Jennings. Shooter, right? And uh, he has uh, he's he's friends with Billy Bob, and he's come over Billy's house a number of times. And when we were recording, he would hang out. And uh, I've gone to a few of his shows, and um, great guy. And 
Waylon's, I guess it would have been his wife, Shooter's mom, uh, has also come to some of our gigs with Billy Bob while we were on the road. Boom. Those are like super direct So we want, you, we want you to throw yeah. in your suggestions yeah. and tweet them to uh, the J and Dan pod. So J and... J and... <laughs> but that's not right. Actually, you I put think, J and pod. Yeah, I think you messed that up. It's J and Dan pod. It's J and Dan pod. It is J and Dan pod. Yeah. Uh, that was fun, That was way. fun. Yeah, that, that was that. great. I like that. One of my guy. favorite lines... We need to come up with a jingle, though, for that. Okay. But like, yeah, a, right. but like a game show opening. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the other one is really great, though. Yeah. And it kind of no, works that is for excellent. anything that we do with But Jim. that's for the stories. Oh, by the way, Jim, sorry to interrupt you, Dan. You have to finish. We didn't let you finish the Eddie Money. Oh, so what I was going to say... So when we did Walk on Water, that was with uh, Richie Zito and Phil Caffel, and Richie used to play in Eddie's band. Uh, I'm I'm having a mental block on the last record I worked on with Eddie. Um, we did drums with Kenny Arnoff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Uh, he kind of plays in Smashing Pumpkins and a bunch of stuff, but he was John Cougar Mellencamp's drummer for years. And a lot of the popular recordings now he plays with um, uh, uh, John Fogarty. Wow. And he's he, play, he plays on almost everybody's record that you hear. He's a big session guy. And the producer, who was um, one, of the, one of my friends, right, the guy co-producing with him, and my friend is Kurt Cuomo, the guy who did Kiss and all that other stuff, and his brother Bill played on a lot of heavy metal stuff like Dio and all that stuff. Ronnie James Dio. But uh, <clears throat> the co-producer was Frankie Sullivan from Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Whoa. Wow. So how cool was that to be in the studio with Eddie Money and the guys from Survivor and oh, John so cool. Cougar Mellencamp? Very cool session. Very so, cool session. So now for the Twitter gang, don't send in John Cougar Mellencamp as a six degrees of engineer Jim because we know. I wanted to bring up one of my favorite lyrics of any song. Uh, it was kind of cool. Of all That's time. pretty cool. Yeah. Waylon Jennings, Lukenbach, Texas starts with the lyric. The only two things in life that make it worth living is guitars that tune good and firm feeling women. Damn. Or not so firm. Yeah. Hates. Hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, did you do you have that thing I sent you about Dan hates hipsters? Did I not send you that? Oh, the band. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of firm feeling women, I I had a buddy once that was with a girl. <laughs> firm feeling women would be a great name. For but he band. had the opposite of that. That'd <laughs> be an awesome he, name. He says he was with a girl, but it was like she had a size large skin in a. On top of like a size small body, she's got too much skin. So her skeleton was. Going I don't know it? what that meant. That's very strange. She's yeah, there's too much skin on her body. She needs to yeah, <laughs> get that taken care of. Dan, you'll like this. Can we go back to that Dan hates hipsters jingle one more time? Because that is a great segment on the show that I think. Dan hates hipsters. Sounds like Ian Martin's voice. <laughs> sure that one. Yeah, Ian Martin's made his yes. return to the podcast. He was here for like the first 20, weren't you, Ian? Yeah, more or less. Yep. And you can watch him on the, the PA show. The PA show. Every single night. Yep. You can catch it on the Fox Sports Live account. It's becoming a hit. You may even see him on our channel soon. Yeah. yeah. You guys shot a pilot, right? Uh, yeah, we did. We also shot something with uh, Clay Travis, where oh, we were yes. essentially his bitches, and uh, we, it was pretty fun. <laughs> and I think, uh, 
Either we're, way, you're going to be on TV soon. I feel like. sure. Yeah, we get. A, I get a lot of uh, what's the word like runoff followers from you guys too. Like I've got. I've got a lot of new Canadian Twitter followers since the uh, start of the PA show. Love it. We're I love big. Well, I told you the actual Spanky is the biggest fan of the PA show on earth. He Boy. says, "How are these guys not massive well, stars?" Here's, here's the thing. How much would you love it if the PA show did like a week of shows at Spanky's in Peterborough? How great would that you be? You got to do it. Yeah, you got to make. You it guys got to make it. Right we have to do the podcast from Spanky's. Okay, yeah. so uh, Jim's going to call Jeremy, but sorry, uh, Patrick. So, uh, can you read this tweet? Uh, how about I play the music and we have Mike read it again? Oh, I love that. Even better. Here, Mike. I gotta, okay. There we go. So here's a tweet related to Dan hating hipsters. Okay. Remember we uh, said the only band, just to go back, the only band we could think of that hipsters wouldn't be into even in an ironic way was Nickelback. Well, we found another band, Dan. Okay, this is from at Gordo underscore 007. Hipster-proof brand, band Creed. Cruel. Hipsters wouldn't touch that shirtless album with a 10-foot selfie stick, hashtag nut. Barely made it through on that one, Mike, but you did. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Shirtless uh, I album? Can't, I can't do Creed. Can't so do Creed, Creed, that's it. So you got Nickelback and Creed. Feel free to send us your suggestions for other hipster-proof bands. But so but far, a lot of people were in agreement but the, the, the hatred of the hipsters. A lot of people were saying they would completely support my stance. Got Patrick's a hipster. How do you think he feels about that? Mm, no, he was before when he had the hair. Now he's now he's a professor, <laughs> <laughs> professor of social media at Lutheran College. I'm, um, I'm really digging that six degrees of engineer, Jim. Yeah, that's, that's a be fun, great new segment. Boy, so many great yeah. new segments on the pod. I mean, this is a real turning. Point. That's right. It took we us just, sixty episodes. Yeah, we just had to get really the hitting our stride. We had that's to get it. over the fifties. That's all we had to do. And but one guy who is always tried and true, and he will never leave the podcast, is Canadian rock legend Jeremy Taggart. How are you, my friend? Hey, guys. What are you doing? I am uh, hanging out in the house here, chilling out with the, with the family as the kids are hanging out downstairs. It's been nice. I'm freezing cold today again, but I'm hoping it's going to warm up. How are you guys down there in the sunshine? Well, we That's were just beautiful. talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs being officially yeah. eliminated from playoff contention. That's a bit of a shocker. I thought they had a shot. What do you mean they have a shot? When did they <laughs> have a shot? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, How, uh, what's the reaction there? Because people, uh, Darren Jones, who uh, is a, a great comedian, he tweeted out, he says, I, I can't even, it doesn't, it's not even fun to make leaf jokes anymore. No. They're beyond that. Yeah, it's at the point now where it's, uh, it's just like a fire and you hear screaming and yelling. <laughs> and uh, you kind of hope it ends soon. So it's like but in my eyes, like there's no the plane. There's no rebuild unless Fanuf and and Kessel are are prospering elsewhere. I think right. they would, and I just don't think the team will change without those major core players being somewhere else. So I think a lot of stuff still has to happen. I just don't. And know it probably will in the summertime, but. Uh, it's going to be a long time, I think. We're feeling like the Sabres a few years ago. Jeremy, you made a good analogy. It is kind of like just staring into a campfire where you, you have no thoughts. You're just looking at the flames. That's, what, that's where it's got to now. Yeah, and it's like I, lo- I kind of like the, the, the ideas of like throwing a, a mic in front of Phil Kessel and saying, like, what's the matter? You know, yeah, because know. there's no real, like, it's like bad politicians because the questions are just full of like half truths and the answers are full of half truths and there's no you can't really say 
why are you sucking right now without like you know them losing their minds or having some ridiculous answer and it's just the, with the cadre thing the fact that he got four games for that head shot like it just there's it's just bad upon bad stuff and Jeremy, did you see what Ole Jokinen, uh, I believe he was a Leaf for, what, two games? <laughs> did you see what he said when he got to St. Was it St. Louis he got traded to, I think? He got, he yeah, went, he was talking about the feeling being really dire in there, right? Yeah, he basically, I thought it was really insightful because obviously Ole Jokinen has played for a lot of teams and been a veteran of the league for a lot of time. And he said, first of all, he said that the facilities like the the workout room, the dressing room, everything that the Leafs had is the best he's ever seen ever. So right off the top, you're like, okay, that's interesting because he's played for, you know, a lot of teams. But then he also said that the players care too much about what everyone thinks of them and kind of need to shut that out a little bit. And it's, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like, you know, the players are sort of like getting on the media like, oh, why are you, being, you know, Phil, why are you being mean to Dion? Quit being mean to Dion. It's like, off like it would be way worse in New York or or Chicago if you're a if you're a Cubs player in Chicago or if you're a Red Sox player in Boston or a Yankees player in New York like this is nothing what the Canadian media does is nothing Dave Festchuk following around in a dressing room for like 10 feet oh big deal (laughs) you know but even like like the scrutiny it's just I think it's just the amount of media like the amount of papers the amount of reporters the amount of journalists that have to do stories on the most mundane things so they they just get inundated with questions where elsewhere they probably wouldn't i mean that's the the beauty of the bubble and and those other markets like playing in maybe san jose or something like that where it's all the canadian markets sitting there and controlling your own existence because nobody can bother you imagine I was talking with Matthew Kaz. I was on uh, 1050 TSN this morning, oh. filling in for the great Bob Makowitz. And we were talking about that same concept of if that thing that happened with with uh, San Jose and the Thornton and, and yeah. all the, oh the blow-up with the, the GM and the crap that they said, if that happened in Toronto, you imagine how how much of a scene that would have been? It yeah, been it's, it's already a whole week. It's it already week. done in San Jose with that. You know what I want to see in my lifetime? I want to see happy Phil Kessel. I want to see a happy Phil. It doesn't happen. Well, I think he, Phil's happy. I just think he needs to go like the like best. Like San Jose or Florida. Uh, or something. Uh, yeah, Florida would be the perfect place for Phil. Oh, Kessel. he would you, He would perfect thrive place. anywhere out, like uh, with other young players, good players. I bet you would be a whole new guy. But then in Boston, it wasn't like that. Uh, Jeremy Taggart, do you have a do you have a tail from yeah, the road? We haven't Taggart heard a tail, tail in a while. Yeah, a tail. Hmm. Well, I uh, <clears throat> I was talking today about uh, the time I was uh, <laughs> golfing with with uh, Stan Makita and oh wow and Lanny McDonald. Wow. And Ian Leggett, who's obviously a great guy and a yeah. great golfer, but. Uh, just to to be hanging out and talking to Stan Makita, who's a a real beauty. That guy's got great stories and a sweetheart of a guy. And uh, we were up at Bondhead, the golf course in Bradford up here, and uh, they have a house on site, and we were staying there, and it was a, it's a beautiful, like, renovated old farmhouse. And just sitting back and, you know, <laughs> pounding a few drinks back in the day with Lanny McDonald late into the evening right by the fireside chat, eh, boy? Oh, oh great. That's, that's a podcast right there. Yeah, can you take your eyes off of that mustache? That's I would be consumed by. Well, it's just like a, 
I don't know. You, I'm sure you guys have met Lanny. He's just a beautiful guy, like really sweet guy, and just Salt he listens earth, to stories and obviously has plenty to share. And it was just one of those nights where you're like, this guy is just totally acting like a, you know, like a, an awesome neighbor or something, you know. But it's Lanny McDonald for Christ's sake. It's crazy. Where did Lanny McDonald rank on that list? Remember, CBC did in Don Cherry was the greatest. Ca- no, um, greatest Canadian. Yeah, wasn't Don Cherry number two? Did Lanny make that list? He should. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think so. Because he's an iconic Canadian. That is an icon in that country. Just a salt in the salt of the earth Albertan, like Flames legend, Leafs legend, and of course Colorado Rockies legend. We can't forget about when he played for them. Do we have Good him on time the wall? Good too. No. Tell you what. We'll put. We got to get him on this. We got to get wall. Lanny McDonald. Yeah, on the you got to get him on the wall. You got to get him down there. Maybe we get him on get the him phone. Out for a few beers. Oh, uh, uh, Jeremy, we had uh, Jonah Carey on. He wrote a book about the Expos. Did you ever have any Expos dealings, any Expos memories? Well, I mean, Expos memories definitely with the, from Andre Dawson to Gary Carter to the, you know, Vladimir Guerrero days. Like, just they always had something great to watch. And uh, I, I always, you know, uh, it was sad to see the fan base kind of shrink. And, and when they went away, it was a bummer, but I, it, I would definitely get behind any opportunity or chance and fight for the, the, the fact to get the, the team back there. I think that would be worthy and a possibility and amazing if they made a smaller stadium down there. TSN needs – Bell. Bell needs to buy that team. Get and uh, Jonah there. details about the, the first Expos game ever and talks about those players putting on a uniform for the first time, and that's something that you can – like, you can never duplicate that. A, a uniform, the logo, the unis, they've never been seen by anyone, and you're running onto the field with them. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a moment. It was just like when we started Fox Sports Live. Who knew how great it was going to be? <laughs> when you first put on that fancy American suit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey? That's it, buddy. That's it. Hey, um, so you're, you're filling in on TSN Radio. Matty Cause, he is a character, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. I love he's that He's classic. That guy knows his movies, and yeah. he, he knows his NFL. And he knows his wine. He's becoming a sommelier. Yes, he does know his wine. It's like he, the sneaky banged up. Remember that movie? What's that movie with uh, Sideways? Yeah, yeah, where they're just like using, using wine knowledge to get hammered. <laughs> sneaky. I like that term, sneaky banged up. Uh, Jeremy Taggart, you are a Canadian rock legend. Make sure you listen to uh, his uh, podcast, TNT, uh, with Jonathan Torrens, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Tagger, but it's with a seven. Someone said, oh, Tag- you, you spelled his Twitter handle wrong. No, it's T-A-G-G-A-R-7. No, it's a T. No, there's a seven at the end. You, you yeah, guys got to check out the TNT this week because we, we just came out today on, on iTunes, and we do a real... Jonathan puts to get, put together a nice top five uh, Quebecois, you know, those motel strip joints that you see <laughs> on, yeah. like, Riviere de Lou area? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. He does a top five of all the – you have to hear it. It's unbelievable. Okay, guys. He does the DJ. Wait a it's minute. It's unreal. So, Good wait a minute. Stuff. Did he, did he uh, get your Twitter followers to send him suggestions, or, or Torrens just happens to know all those strip clubs personally? He does. Oh, what a <laughs> f- 
Legend, I love it. Uh, by the way, I said your uh, Twitter handle wrong, so that person was right. There is a T and then a 7. That was your Instagram, T-A-G-G-A-R. Yeah, the Instagram, there's no T at the end because I couldn't get that. I don't know how. That was a bummer, but we'll figure it out. We'll fix that. We'll get Pat Muldowney on it. Uh, Thank <laughs> 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 he gets that reaction a lot. Okay, <laughs> guys. I love you guys. Thanks, Thanks Jeremy. Jeremy. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. And their uh, podcast uh, Twitter handle is Taggart N, an actual N, Torrens. Taggart N, Torrens. Yeah, check it out. iTunes. And all, over, all over the place. What a great uh, podcast this was. It was fun. We're done, guys. Pick up uh, Jonah's book. It's a great read. Yeah, up, up, and away. Terrific book. Out in paperback right now. At Jonah Carey, J-O-N-A-H-K-E-R-I, all one word. Follow him. He's a great Canadian. Uh, At P. Shregs, you already got that. At Taggart7. Oh, yeah. There it is. This was a a very popular song. This is the Hextalls. You got to follow these guys. At the Hextalls. Thanks Love for it. tuning in to episode 60. It's been fun. I hope your bracket isn't busted. Oh, <laughs> at, <Tiger Bomb. laughs> at IB Martin, if you want to follow Ian, at Pat Muldowney, at Mickelhouse, and of course, at Jay and Dan Pod. Follow us there. Engineer Boy, what a Jim. terrific time. Oh, did I miss Engineer Jim? At Engineer underscore Jim. At Engineer underscore Jim. And don't forget to send us your. Uh, your suggestions for six degrees of engineer Jim and I fake was, band names. For that Dan. was fun. Oh yeah, we're, we want to do fake band, real band with Dan again. So uh, we yeah, would Coachella's love, coming up, right? We would yep. love you to send. Don't send them to Dan. Send them just to the Jane Dan Pod. Uh, your suggestions. You for can band uh, names. find Jay on Twitter at Jay Onright, and mine is at fs one o two. So there you go. Something. It's a weird Twitter handle. <laughs> Dan O'Toole was taken by some guy in Ireland. Uh, oh, uh, I bet you Pat wants to say that we should tell everyone to subscribe on iTunes. Nailed it. And uh, yeah, and, we really and rate it. And yeah, don't yeah. forget to rate it. And and uh, send us a, put a little comment down after you rate it. Just put a little comment. Tell us what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Um, but we will have fake band, real band uh, next week because I love that. Have a great week. It's been fun, guys. Elvis has just yes. left the building. They're going home. So long, my time here is up.